Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Box with your host and CEO of Babelbox, Sherry Langberg. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Go behind the scenes and learn how you can make influencer marketing part of your social media playbook. Subscribe to Beyond the Box at podcast.babelbox.com. Listen to all of your favorite episodes and follow us on Instagram for more influencer marketing inspiration. In the world of online dating, Amy Canaday is a PR and marketing pioneer. I know from firsthand experience that Amy is a risk taker who always thinks outside the box. Welcome to the show, Amy. We are so happy to have you join us today. Thanks for having me, Sherry. I'm so excited to be here. I honestly, like, I'm like about to crack up because I have so many memories going through my mind, but I'm going <laughs> to contain myself and just, uh, you know, obviously want to hear a little bit more. You've been part of Match Group for 13 years or so. So just tell everyone what your role is with the company. Yeah, I mean, I, I really feel like I have one of the coolest and best jobs in America. I get to help people find love for a living. And I mean, my job specifically, I just feel like I'm the head storyteller here at Match. You know, love is just such a ripe area for storytelling. And over 13 years, it's crazy to think I still haven't run out of ideas. It's, there's just so much goodness out of that one human emotion that you can tell amazing fun stories about love. So, um, but yeah, I work with all facets of the organization to just uncover these amazing stories from product and our tech team to our data and analytics teams to working one-on-one with our dating coaches um, that are on staff here at Match or even our success couples, which are some of my most favorite uh, parts of the stories that we get to tell. So there are, I mean, I can't keep track. I know that there's a lot of different properties under match. So can you give us like a little quick lay of the land? Yeah, sure. It is pretty confusing. So match, we obviously are the OG, the pioneer of the entire dating category. And we actually just celebrated our 25th anniversary. That's insane. So there are very few internet companies, when you think about it, that are still around, thriving, and relevant 25 years later. So um, it's pretty awesome and a pretty cool thing to be proud of. Part of Match now, we have Match Group, which is our public company. And that is where the confusion becomes, I think. But Match Group owns 45 plus different dating brands, and they serve different regions and demographics all around the globe. And some of our most well-known dating brands here in the U.S. are under that umbrella, um, including Tinder, Hinge, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, and then obviously us at Match. So we're just one small part of the bigger umbrella of Match Group. So basically, you have no competition in the dating world. (laughs) I mean, it's funny you think that, but we still are so competitive, even with the people, brands in our portfolio. We want to win. We want to be number one. So, um, and there's always new dating apps that pop up every day. So even though we're this big conglomerate, we all very much still operate like an underdog and want and push every day to beat, beat the other guys. That is amazing. What, given this milestone anniversary, 
and your tenure with Match Group, what do you think has been the most significant shift in online dating in the past 25 years, or I guess decades since you've been a part of it? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of change, obviously. It doesn't look like it did when even I first came on board. It was us, Match, and eHarmony were really the only two players back then. Um, and now here we are today where, I mean, there are hundreds, probably thousands of dating apps. But I really think the biggest shift um, in probably the whole 25 years was the shift to mobile. You know, Match, we began as a desktop product. And a lot of people still think of us as that Match.com desktop product. Um, and although we, you know, worked really hard to get a jump on you know, mobile and have a mobile application, it was really still hard to condense a desktop experience all the way down to a mobile screen. There's so many different parts of match desktop experience. So it made it really difficult. Um, but then Tinder happened, right? Mm -hmm. And they were that mobile first app. And because it was so simple to navigate and use on your phone, it brought a whole slew of people and singles to this category and then it just exploded from there because tinder was able to crack that mobile app um, nut it really forced the whole category to be rethought and make it a mobile first category i feel like you know to me and tell me if i'm wrong if i was just like a hobbyist dater i would be on the app but if i were more serious i would want to be like okay i'm really going to take this seriously i'm going to sit at my desk with my computer and i'm going to be on the desktop yeah you'd think so i mean that makes logical sense but we really don't see that in the numbers i mean 80 85 percent of our users use our mobile app um, daily so desktop is becoming a smaller and smaller part of our business. That's crazy. Even like when you look at age demos, like people over a certain age. Definitely. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. It's so much easier. I mean, it's just a part of you now is your phone. Very few people actually sit at a computer anymore. <laughs> I wish I were one of those. I people. know, me too. <laughs> So obviously we're in, there's been we're in unprecedented times um, with COVID. How has the current health crisis impacted everything over at Match? Well, it's it's wow, such an interesting time, a really you know crazy time to be working in this business. But we've had to be nimble. We've had to reprioritize. Um, but at the end of the day, back to what I said earlier, we're a 25-year-old business and we've weathered uncertain times before. We found that love has been recession-proof. Mm -hmm. Love has been weatherproof. Love <laughs> has been election-proof even. And now it's proven to be pandemic-proof too. I mean, the search for love and connection is so powerful. So we're really seeing a lot of users turn to us um, to help them get through these times and provide something super meaningful right now that they need. They're lonely, they need connection and they're using match. I could see like the numbers surging, but then what do you do? Like, how do they have an, a date? Yeah. So we really had to, that's where, um, you know, we had to be nimble and reprioritize that first couple of weeks was us going back to our product roadmap and figuring out, forget everything we had planned for 2020. How are we going to help our members date right now? So we reprioritized video chat on our um, product roadmap and got that out in four weeks. 
Wow. So in April, we launched Vibe Check, which is our new in-app video chat feature. So within four weeks, we just launched Vibe Check, which is our in-app video chat feature. And we're seeing um, a real uptick in people dating that way. Um, you know, pre-COVID, I think the number was like six, seven percent of singles actually said they would use a video chat feature with meeting someone to date. Really? Yes. It was super low. Adoption was always super low, lower than you would think. And post-COVID, that number has jumped to 69%. Oh my God. So within a couple of weeks, you know, video became destigmatized and normal. Even, you know, my child is using Zoom for school and preschool. Like everyone has had to adapt and we're seeing singles do the same thing. I'm going to be curious when you talk about those before and after success love stories, because I used to work at Weight Watchers, so we did those for weight loss. What do you have any things that you're seeing, like people who met during, you know, this time that like they fell in love without even meeting each other? Yeah, love is definitely still happening in the time of coronavirus. (laughs) And we're seeing it in all shapes and forms. We've certainly heard from some new budding relationships that aren't quite ready to you know, put it out on blast that they found somebody, but are having great success and making it official before they even meet in real life, which is wild to think about even six months ago. I mean, we all watch Love is Blind like it's a phenomenon and now it's in a way happening. I could see the people say the people magazine segment of people who met during this time, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Good (laughs) one. I'm going to pitch that. We've heard even couples getting engaged over coronavirus. One couple just reached out last week around, you know, they went on a hike and got engaged um, just in their regular get out of, get out of the apartment kind of activity. And he totally surprised her with the ring. And we're hearing couples that are, you know, having to shift their wedding plans, but still getting married during this time too. My favorite one was in the New York Times um, vows section where, a couple, they had planned to go to Alaska, their favorite place on earth to go for their wedding and had to shift plans and, you know, but they're, they still loved wildlife and nature. And so they ended up getting married at this bear sanctuary and a real life grizzly bear was their ring bear. True story, go look it up. That is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, love is alive and well. That is great to hear. Okay, so let's talk influencers. Uh, You were doing this long before anyone else. Do you remember the first influencer program you ever ran? I mean, Sherry, I'm hoping you remember because you've been my partner in this for so long. But yeah, isn't it amazing to see how far we've come with influencers from back in the day? I mean, I guess we were doing watch parties before as a real thing. Yeah, we were doing parties. We were doing events. We did a lot of one-on-one Skype interviews where I don't remember her name, but we had influencers interview that woman on the screen and we taped it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whitney Casey. Yep. We sure did. I forgot all about that. The ones that come to my mind is with Singles in America, our big study, and you would help us basically use influencers to spread word about the newest data and the newest trends we've seen each year. Amazing to see. We're coming up on 10 years of singles in America, and you were with us from the very beginning. Are you still doing it? 
Yeah, we still do it every year. That's great. When you say like singles in America, what are some of, do you still work with dating and single lifestyle influencers or is it more like influencers who are coaches? Um, honestly, the best influencers we're working with are people that just are great content creators because, you know, dating is universal. It's lifestyle. It's not just people who are single that can talk about being single. We're really in the business to like entertain people, lighten, lighten the message a little bit and make people laugh. So I think in our early stages, we only thought about it as single people and telling them to go, you know, download the Match app. But I think the consumer behavior has changed a lot and pivoted to see right through those very direct kind of obvious ads. So we've really transitioned to just providing value and entertainment and and seeing real return on that approach. That makes sense. I mean, it also has evolved so drastically, right? When we first started, there was a much smaller pool of influencers. Now there's, you could find influencers in any category, any subtopic, et cetera. Yeah, you're totally right. We were very limited on who we could even approach back then. Yeah, And still there was a lot of stigma with um, dating online back then too. A lot of, I feel like a lot of um, influencers and bloggers wouldn't even touch the subject. Yeah. Now we see that like things shifting with different categories. Like when we first started with CBD, people were like, no, we don't want to write about it. Now they're all like, okay, we'll write about it. So it's like every industry kind of becomes open to it. And so do the influencers. Yep. Are there any new challenges with influencers that you're facing? Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely have some unique ones. Like what I was saying before is balancing that single influencer or an influencer who's in a relationship or married that can become tricky because, I mean, sometimes people look up to married couples or people in relationships um, for inspiration, but a lot of, at the end of the day, we're trying to reach single people. So it's really about who their followers are. So we have to balance that a lot. A lot of, a lot of times people in relationships, their followers are also in relationships. And then we also have an age factor, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have to be 18 plus to use our app. And so that really narrows our, our pool as well. And same, and even with match, I think we're more, we see ourselves more of a premium app or a paid subscription service. So we want to skew even older than that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to do the same couple of things is like driving conversion, um, but also driving engagement, you know, that doesn't always come from the same type of content. So we're trying to balance that and make sure we're, we're just telling great stories to singles. And have you shifted like more, like, are you really exclusively focused on like Instagram, like everyone else, or you're still like, it depends the channel, the property, and like, maybe you'll be on Facebook with one influencer, but Instagram with others, or. We really primarily focus on Instagram. Interesting. We're, we're, we're following the heard there, but we see our best results and most engaged with content there still. Very interesting. When you do work with influencers, are you giving them kind of the liberty or do you have like really strict guardrails? I feel like you guys are super liberal. Like it's like, okay, here's the campaign, but were you giving them very specific guidelines to follow? Um, you know, we obviously have guardrails, but at the end of the day, we don't want forced content. So we're choosing an influencer for a reason. Um, and we want them to come up with and collaborate with us on what they think will resonate best with their followers. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, of course there are guardrails in place and, you know, we like to um, utilize a lot of the content that's created for online ads as well and repurpose that. So we want to make sure we can do all of those things, but we, we're going to give you a lot of freedom to do what you think will work best as long as you're telling, telling an appropriate story for us. Yeah, that's the best way to be. And what about events? Like obviously influencer events or events in general are on hold. So are you doing any, like what we did in the past, like virtual events with influencers or even with your members? With our members, yeah, we um, we put everything on hold as far as like influencers or media, um, like we used to do together all the time. That's kind of on hold, but we do um, have a whole event series on Match. So Match events obviously was put on pause and we had to rethink that as well. So now we've rolled out virtual events on Match. So just like before um, where we were doing two to 300 events each month um, in different markets across the country for singles to meet each other, um, we're, we're making them virtual. So we found like that, that people really enjoy that. If you're, they're not quite ready to make the leap to do a video chat or video mm-hmm. date, it's an easy way to get um, acquainted with and used to putting yourself on video with a pool of other people. And they're moderated by dating coaches. So um, there's 30 people on a video chat that's moderated, will help the conversation flow. And it's all um, targeted by region, city, and age. So people like you will be on the same. um, That's amazing. And so are you doing it by a Zoom or a different technology? We're doing it through Zoom. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Good for you. All right. I'm going to finish with my last question that I ask everyone. Um, So name an interview you love to, an influencer that you love to follow, but hate to admit that you do. Uh, I guess I have to go with Kim K. I I do not care about her skims, but for some reason I look at all the photos. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't know what the appeal is with that family, but I'm still into it, unfortunately. Yeah, so am I. Well, so lovely chatting with you. I will tell you that Melissa says hi. Um, Oh, tell her I said hello. I will, and we miss you, and we hope that we can see you soon, and um, thank you for joining us. Yes, we're long overdue for a cocktail. I know. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Beyond the Box, produced by Tough Monkey Entertainment. Beyond the Box is brought to you by Babblebox with your host, Sherry Langbert. Visit podcast.babblebox.com for more episodes and influencer marketing secrets.